Thanks for joining me again following my first episode. Um, I just wanted to briefly just cover what what happened after my dad died. And then over the course of next however many episodes, um, I will discuss how I manage things and where where it went over the next 30 years where it is today um so my dad died was not on the door and then somebody told me that he died and i, I can't remember who it was at that point i don't know but i think it was my nan um i've not been able to see my dad in hospital he was like in a hospice in the town i lived in um, because my mum didn't want me to see him when he was looking so frail. Um, she told me stories of where he was and he was swearing a bit and wasn't overly adjusting to the morphine um, that was hallucinating and, and stuff like that. So it probably was for the best for a 14-year-old didn't see him in the last few weeks and having my own experience of taking morphine when I had a neck injury um, and hearing things and whatnot I can, I can get that and if if you're fully dosed up on morphine and towards the end of your life it's it's not great I mean, that, don't even want to imagine um, but one of the one of the things I haven't spoken about was that a few years before he died, um, the doctors misdiagnosed his cancer and they diagnosed it with something else. He had a procedure um, to rectify what they thought was the issue, which I, I won't go into, so that's far too personal. But it was after he'd had this procedure that he still wasn't well. And yeah, they, it wasn't a good time, obviously, in the house because what, whatever wasn't caught um, could have been diagnosed earlier and, and maybe it might have been a different outcome. Um, but I know my mum refused to even speak to that doctor again, refused to let them into the house. It was um, something that still, still feels passionate about, quite rightly. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to cover that. And my understanding was, from what I've been told by my mum, that my dad was actually ill for about four years. As I mentioned in the, the first episode, that I was only told that he was seriously unwell towards the last few months of his life. So it was a real, it's, I don't know, 
I wouldn't want it to have been in my mum's shoes. So, moving back to that. So my dad died, I got told. I'm sorry if this sounds quite blunt, because this is the way I've kind of dealt with things over the years, which hasn't been the best way, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I was, I was told he was dead. And again, it wasn't a shock. Obviously, I was really sad, still am. And it affects me greatly now. But someone's diagnosed with terminal cancer. It's, it's a relief. They died for him. Obviously, it doesn't help the rest of us. But knowing, knowing that he is at peace, that was the... That was the main thing. So, as I mentioned before, he was the football team manager. Um, and a lot of people knew him uh, in the surrounding areas. He was a builder, so the building firm. A lot of people knew the building firm. And it was part of, sort of where I went into sort of all shut down of what, what had happened um, and one of the stages of grief is denial and I think I was in denial for a long time and I, I didn't really want to address the fact that my dad had recently died I, I had a week off school and then the, we had the funeral and I was back at school and obviously everybody knew what happened because most well, all of the football team and all the different years of the football club all went to my school, so all, all the lads knew. Um, so it was a Sunday, short, like within a week, or it must have been two, within two weeks of my dad dying, which was in the April. Um, of 1991, and it's the 8th of April 1991 to be exact, um, which plays will play a part later in, in another episode when I get to that part of my life. Um, so I went to a football match, I'll rewind in slightly. My dad was a football manager, and every game I used to be subbed off the pitch, whether or not I was doing well or not. It was so I wasn't seen as biased towards me, which was a pain really because I felt like I was unfairly picked on to be pulled off the game when it was doing nothing wrong. But anyway, um, so one of the funny things when he was ill, um, head shaving incident in the first episode, he was wasn't able to make a game. So one of the other managers the the, the match, uh, managed the team, so it was the joint, joint managers, and they decided to leave me on the whole game. So that's the, the first time I'd probably played four games since my dad was sort of like the, the manager of the team. So that was, that was something, I suppose. But anyway, we went to a football match and I went to watch a friend play. And I went with friends and their parents. 
And I was chatting to somebody I knew there. Um, yeah, and it wasn't anything I publicised, the fact that my dad had died, obviously. It was personal. And I was quite uh, an introvert anyway back then. I speak to a lot of people now, and you probably wouldn't believe that. Uh, I was sat on the sideline speaking to my friend, and a man came over. And said, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. And I was like, I didn't really know what to say to him. Um, it's just a, a sort of time outside the funeral that anybody had spoken to me about my dad. And I went off and said, like, say hello to your mum. And my mate said, said, what, what was that all about? So he didn't know that my dad had died this long had. I said, I don't know what he's on about. And that was my first instance of dealing with the fact that my dad had died. I literally went into sort of a denial mode. So if people didn't know, I wasn't going to tell them because it's easier for me to and that hadn't happened than to deal with the fact that it had happened. And that's probably why, where is the reason why that I didn't really get any help with someone to speak to until I was in my 40s, probably. I'd tried at school. My mum got me to to go to like a counselling session at school. But it was for all the kids whose parents had died. So we all sat in a circle. It just wasn't my thing. I couldn't deal with it. I didn't go a second time. I don't remember what was discussed the first time. But being sat in a room with people discussing the death when I didn't really even want to discuss or even think about it myself, it was a challenge. I do remember after the first week, as I said, the funeral was over, I went back to school and it was like we'd, we'd just all moved on. We obviously, me and my mum did discuss it all the time and we were upset a lot of the time, obviously. But it was... I'd never dealt with it. Let's go forward in some of the episodes. Again, I don't really know how many episodes I'm going to do. I'm just talk. One, you'll see that up until today, what we call now, and this happened when I was 14, only this year, in my 44th year, I've actually found in the fact of being able to speak about it properly, speak about it to people who have been in a similar situation. And I, I have had some counseling sessions, and due to COVID, they stopped. However, I can talk about stuff without getting as upset as I used to. 
Um, it's sad, and I still think about him all the time and every day. Um, his birthday is Christmas. And then his death is in April. They didn't get to see my kids, just grandkids. Didn't get to see me get married. Since the other things that you should have seen. But that, that's a story for another time. Thanks for joining me.